welcome to Dragonfly Tales, a story podcast with me, Emily, and Leo. Hello! And each episode, we'll tell you a story from around the world and share some fun and silly things with you. So, Leo, how's it going? Well, I'm nearly at the end of primary school. Oh, my goodness. And next week, I'm going on a camping trip. Oh, what, on your own? No, with my class. <laughs> oh, brilliant. What, so all your classmates and friends are going camping? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Are you staying in tents? Yeah, and there are cows, there's probably going to be mud, brilliant. and there are going to be s'mores. S'mores around the campfire. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. So this episode, we're delighted to have a guest teller. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, we're joined again by the lovely Sharon Carr. Ooh, Sharon told us a brilliant story from China about the king of the forest in season two. That's right, episode 21, Animal Antics. What's her story this time? Well, it's about another king, but a very different one. Would you like to hear Sharon's story? Definitely. So here is Sharon Carr with The King and the Moon. There was once a king... But he was not an ordinary king. He was known as, I must have everything, king. And he did have everything, but it wasn't enough. He had many beautiful palaces to live in, so many that he had a different bed to sleep in for 365 nights of the year. He had a beautiful talented, loving family. He was handsome. He was rich with so much silver and gold and beautiful jewels. He had power and he wore robes of rich fabrics that were coloured in an array of rainbow colours. He had everything but it wasn't enough. And one night When he was sitting by one of the windows in the palace, looking out into the dark, dark sky above, he saw the moon shining there in the sky in a pearly glow of light. It seemed to be looking down at him as he gazed upwards at it. It cast a spell over him. He slowly raised his hand and pointed his finger at the moon, saying, I want that. He jumped to his feet. He ran out of the room and ran up the spiral staircase that led to one of the highest towers in the palace. And there, clambering out onto the roof, he held onto it, while with the other hand he reached up, up, up into the dark sky to grab hold of the moon. But it was too far away. And looking at the moon, he knew he had to have it. If he had the moon, he would have everything. So he came up with a plan. The very next day, he summoned all the carpenters and woodcutters from the kingdom to come to the palace. They obeyed him and all trudged into the throne room, clutching their saws hammers, axes, and chisels. There, on arrival, they found the king waiting for them. He looked magnificent, 
He wore a robe of rich sapphire blue velvet. He had a fine silver crown on his head, and his beard was cut to the point of perfection. The king, looking down at the sea of faces, looking up at him, said, My good people, I've asked you to come to the palace because I want you to go down and chop down all the trees in the forest. Then you were to come back to the palace and you were to make me a tower, the highest tower made of wooden boxes because, and he slowly raised his hand, and with his finger, he pointed upwards. You were to make it as high as the moon in the sky above, because I want that. All the carpenters and the woodcutters nodded at each other, and they obeyed the king. Trudging out of the throne room, they made their way out of the palace down the lane towards the forest that surrounded it. And they spent the rest of the day chopping and sawing and chiseling away at all the trees until by the end of it, there was not one tree left standing. All that surrounded the palace were fields of tree stumps. The carpenters and woodcutters then dragged all the logs back to the palace into the courtyard, where they began to work on the wood, sawing and chopping it, making it fine wooden planks, and then hammering the wooden planks together, making wooden boxes. With each wooden box, they began to stack them on one on top of the other, making a tower of wooden boxes. And the tower grew slowly, and it grew higher and higher and higher as they stacked the boxes one on top of the other. Eventually, the tower was so high in the sky as it stood there passing the clouds, you could not see the top of it. And when the king arrived and saw the tower, he was pleased. But he was also impatient. And before anyone could stop him, because the tower wasn't still quite finished. He grabbed hold of it and he began to climb and climb and climb and he climbed higher and higher and higher. And the tower began to sway from side to side. And everyone, the servants, the carpenters and the woodcutters, held onto the tower to keep it steady and they looked up and shouted at the king, Your Majesty, be careful! And he looked down at them scornfully and said, I don't care. I must have the moon. And he climbed higher and higher and higher until he was a little dot in the sky, still clutching onto that tower. Well, he climbed past the clouds and eventually he reached that line where day meets night and where it was bitterly cold. His cheeks turned red, his fingers felt like ice, and his breath smoked in front of his face, but he didn't care. He had to have the moon, 
and he continued to climb higher and higher into the dark sky, past the stars, until he was underneath the very belly of the moon. He was at the top of the tower and holding on to it, he reached up to grab hold of some dust from the belly of the moon. But the tower was not high enough. And so he shouted, his voice echoing downwards. Put in one more box. Make the tower higher. And the carpenters, servants and woodcutters did what he said. And they got one box and they pushed it in and they squeezed it in. And he felt the tower shift. And just as he was about ready to reach up to gather up some dust from the belly of the moon... There was a bang, a creak, a groan as the tower began to sway from side to side violently and the king held on to it. And then, with an almighty crack, the tower broke in half, causing the king to tumble down, 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 where all the wood was like a shower of rain falling down on the earth below. And the king fell past that line where day meets night. He fell through the clouds, falling, 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 until he hit the ground with a bang and a wallop. With all the wood coming down and crashing down by the side of him. And the king, feeling a bit sore, got up, dusted himself off, looked at everyone who were looking at him and said, Let's try again tomorrow, as he pointed his finger upwards, because I still want that, meaning the moon. So, Leo, did you like Sharon's story? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. What was your favourite bit? Well, apart from her amazing telling, I love how Sharon shows that Well, if you're really spoiled, you can't always get what you want. That's right, yeah. Imagine trying to own the moon. Yeah, by building a big tower. Yeah. So, I think it's time for some shout-outs. Oh, brilliant. I can't wait. Who have we got this week, Leo? Firstly, we have Ella, who's five, and her mum Katie in Australia. Oh, good day, folks. Hi, folks. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Next, we have Hamish who is eight, Gwendolyn, who is five, and Enid, who is four, in Canada. Hi, Hi Hamish, Hamish. Gwendolyn and Enid. Hi, Thanks Enid. for listening. Thanks for listening. We also have a shout-out from Leo and Luna to their friend Rigitza in Denmark. Oh, so hi, Rigitza. Hi, Rigitza. From Leo and Luna. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And finally, here's a shout-out to Malachi and storyteller Nula in Philadelphia, USA. Hi, Malachi. Hi, Malachi. Hi, Hi, Nula. Thanks for listening. Oh, amazing. And remember, if you at home would like a shout-out, you can either let us know in the Dragonfly Tales Facebook group or you can email us, emilydragonflytales at gmail.com and I'll put it all in the show notes. So, Emily, what's your story? Well, Leo, my story is a tale from Mexico. 
Ooh, we haven't done a Mexican tale before. I know. Mexican and Mexican-American folk tales are wonderful. They're full of transformations, tricksters, animals and religion. Which is why our story today features a very wicked character. Can you guess who it is? Uh, can you describe them? Traditionally, this character's skin is red with horns on the top of his head. Sometimes he has wings and a whiplash tail, and he likes it very, very hot. As in burning hot? Oh, yes. It's the devil! Yes, and the devil loves to trick people into giving up their soul to him. What's the soul? Well, many people believe that your soul is a special part of you that lives on after you die. You can't see it. It isn't a, a physical thing. Some believe that your soul continues on after you die and becomes part of the universe or even goes into a different body and lives a whole new life as something else. Like a cat or a beetle? Yeah, or, or even a tree. Whoa, do trees have souls? Maybe. Others believe when you die, if you've led a good life and a just life, your soul goes to heaven and to God. And if not, you go to hell and the devil. <laughs> and my story is about a very clever fellow who manages to beat the devil himself. How do you think we should start today's story? Well, I think we should start Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Excellent. Once upon a time, in Mexico, there lived a tailor. He made clothes for people every day, cutting and sewing and stitching and selling. In those days, people didn't buy clothes ready-made from the shop. They would go to the tailor and he would make them. Now, this tailor had a big family. He had a wife, two sons, three daughters, a newborn baby, a donkey that brayed, a dog that barked and a cat that slept on the roof. That's a lot of mouths to feed. You betcha. And although he spent all day sewing and sewing until his poor fingers were raw, he never seemed to make enough money to feed his family well. He and his wife would often go to bed hungry after giving their dinner to the children. Would you do that for me? Well, we're very fortunate, but of course I would. Well, what's this poor tailor going to do? Well, he didn't know what to do or where to turn. He prayed to heaven, but God told him to be patient. But I bet he couldn't be. No. I'd even accept help from the devil himself, he said one day. Uh-oh. As soon as the words left his mouth, he smelled a strange, smoky smell and heard a smooth voice behind him. Interesting. It was the devil. What do you think the devil looks like, Leo? Well, I think that he wears a fine red velvet suit Ooh. and a red crimson hat. Gosh. His tail whips behind him, and he has his horns sticking out from his head. Whoa. Quite a modern devil. Does he have a moustache? Oh, yes. It curls right in front of his face. And what about his hands? 
They have long, long claws. Oh, wow. Yellow. The devil smiled at the tailor. It was a strange smile, sort of charming, but with a sense of wickedness. Like a fox smiling at a rabbit before he eats him. Exactly. I'm happy to help you, my poor friend, the devil said. Really? Oh, oh, thank you, thank you, said the tailor, and he reached out his hand to shake with the devil. Not so fast. The devil is never going to help someone for free, is he? Of course not. He wants his soul, doesn't he? Of course I do. I will help you. I'll give you enough gold to feed your family for a lifetime. But at the end of your life, you must give me your soul in return. Would you like to shake my hand now? The devil put out his hand and the tailor saw those long, yellow, claw-like fingernails. He looked into the devil's eyes, which swirled and whirled with fire. This is such a bad idea. I mean, his family will be fine and he'll be rich. But when he dies, he'll have to go to hell for all eternity. Oh, yes. We haven't really talked about hell, have we? What do you think it's like in hell, Leo? Well, I remember seeing it in cartoons. It's always down underground and there's lava and fire everywhere and people crying a lot. But actually, I think hell might be different for every person. So your hell would be having to eat courgettes and aubergine for all eternity. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, yeah. So that's zucchini and eggplants for the American listeners. And yours would be having to wash up rooms and rooms and rooms of dirty dishes. Well, I kind of do that anyway. Oh, uh, sorry. The tailor thought. He thought hard. What if I could beat the devil at a contest? Then I could keep the gold and my soul. He looked at the devil's long, long fingernails. All right, he said, you can have my soul, so long as you can beat me in a contest. What type of contest? A sewing contest. If I win, I get to keep the gold and I get to keep my soul. Go on, said the devil. But if you win, you give me the gold, but take my soul to hell when I die. Sounds good to me. It's a deal. And the devil stretched out his clawed hand and the tailor shook it. Then the devil rubbed both hands together with delight at the thought of winning another soul. He clicked his fingers. There was a puff of smoke and a huge bag of gold appeared in front of the tailor. Oh, my! That's enough gold to feed my family for the rest of our lives. Well, a deal is a deal. Let's begin the contest. The tailor brought two big piles of cloth and they both sat down, one in front of the other, to turn the cloth into shirts. The tailor gave the devil a needle and some thread. But his long, claw-like fingers were no good for threading his needle. So the tailor said, 
Here, uh, why don't you let me thread your needle? And then we can begin the sewing contest. I smell a plan. The tailor threaded the devil's needle with the longest thread he could find. The thread was so long, it could have wound round the tailor's house ten times. Whoa! It was so long, it could reach the top of a Montezuma cypress tree. Wow, they're 80 feet tall. It was as long as, oh, I don't know. Four giraffes stacked on top of each other? Yes! That's crazy. So you can imagine that when he began to sew... The devil's thread kept getting caught up in itself and he had to keep stopping all the time to untangle it. Ah, that's brilliant. But the tailor threaded his own needle with a short thread and his fingers were so nimble and so quick and he sewed so fast that it took the devil's breath away. In as much time as it takes to reach the top of Chichen Itza, the tailor had sewed together 50 shirts. And the devil only managed one. Stupid devil. He also got himself completely tangled up in that long thread around his horns, his nails, his arms, his legs. He looked ridiculous and extremely embarrassed. Blast! 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 Does that mean I win? smiled the tailor. Oh, whatever! said the devil, and he vanished in a puff of smoke. Leaving the tailor with all the gold. And his soul. And enough money to feed two sons, three daughters, a newborn baby, a donkey that brayed, a dog that barked. And... The cat that slept on the roof. And that's why, even today in Mexico, when children thread their needles with a long, long thread, their parent will say, Ah, 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 that is the devil's thread. The End So, Leo, did you like that story? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. What was your favourite bit? Well, I liked how the tailor used such a long thread to trick the devil. It's such a simple trick, but it worked perfectly. It really did. So that's it for this episode. Thanks to Sharon Carr for her wonderful story, and we'll have another guest teller coming soon. And if you are enjoying our podcast, please, please leave us a review, and if you can, make a little donation on the website to keep us going. And thank Thank you so much. You have been listening to Dragonfly Tales with Emily and Leo. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll be back with another story soon. But until then, be careful who you bargain with. There's always a price. And don't play with the devil. He isn't very nice. Bye. Bye! podcast is brought to you by Emily, Leo and Andy at Dragonfly Tales. Search Dragonfly Tales on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at ndragonflytales and on Twitter at Emily Dragonfly. <laughs>